yes, there are Truglers. Here in Mosquito Creek. Sunday morn. Well, it's Sunday noon. Springtime in Vancouver. Oh, hold on. Let me put on a record. Just a sec. Ah, there we go. Some lovely Scottish folk music. So this was going to be the episode where I... You know, I I just got back from Mexico. I went to a little village called Busarias and rented a big house there for nine, ten days. I didn't take the uh, my recorder on purpose, you know. I uh, had a notion to do some other arts and crafts and some recreation, and you know, I took um, an old 35 millimeter camera, a tripod. And I took that to do some star tracking. I hold. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Springtime has come to North Vancouver. The sun shines, my door is open, the river runs, the birds tweet, and I, I toke. I'm using my little pipe here instead of the vaporizer because uh, this is the pipe I found uh, at Clackwood Sound on the beach. I found a loaded pipe sitting there on the beach for me. And uh, <clears throat> that was quite a week for me, and so I'm kind of rubbing a little bit of magic charm off that as I sit here with a variety of no less than four beverages. Starting on the left, I have uh, this Chinese medicinal herb tea. Anyone knows me uh, knows that uh, I've spent a lot of time with this nasty, foul-tasting tea. But, you know, it's to tonify my chi, which I'll get to in a little bit. Then I have some top quality jasmine tea here. <sighs> Brewing a little pot, I better pour some of that out. That uh, they're in Gastown. There's a place you can go in for some tea testing and then buy this fancy high mountain grown Chinese, like the really dank tea, right? And it's worth it because you only use a couple little sprinkles and I've been just drinking this, uh, drinking this uh, abundantly. Then I also have some, uh, some sort of powdered fizzy drink here that's just loaded with vitamins and electrolytes. And uh, so I'm really, and then I have uh, half a banana and a glass of water with a little bit of lemon in it. You may have surmised I'm attempting to hydrate and replenish myself, which goes back to the Mexico story. And, uh, you know, I'd planned to come back from Mexico uh, refreshed and replenished, spend a lot of time stretching and hiking in the mountains. And, yeah, I've had a pretty weary couple of years. You know, I keep up a pretty good pace, right? And, you know, you guys have been listening along. Last couple, three years, I've made these podcasts from half a dozen different exotic locations, to say the least. New York, London, San Jose, Vancouver, Clackwood Sound on the west coast of Vancouver Island. About Japan, about all these places, right? I was need a little break, a little replenishment, right? So I loaded up my old 35mm camera and a tripod with a notion to do some light tracking, photography, some star tracking, where you leave the shutter open all, like, for a really long time. Uh, and then I took some, uh, some old uh, pieces of hemp cloth that I've been toting around for, geez, 15 years now, probably. A dozen, anyway. And I figured this is the time to stretch them up and do some painting down there, so I... I took my, I have a folding wooden outdoor easel 
French style. It's like made by a guy who was in a Nazi concentration camp, a French dude who was uh, captured by the Nazis. And while he was in the concentration camp, he designed this elaborate folding wooden easel. Loaded that up and went to a little shop just up the road before I left. And the old French guy, Andre and Francois, just like out of a book, selling me uh, art supplies, loaded up some new acrylic paints, and, you know, partial to the oils, but traveling with oils is a real drag, eh? It's all set, right? Hardly took, just took a couple extra pairs of shorts, hardly a thing, right? And uh, just a bunch of art supplies and big dreams ahead and of fish tacos and beach adventures, and it started off just fine, more or less. We had this big grand hacienda Casa Arcoiris which means Casa Rainbow in the English tongue pardon me tea oh that was some of the tasty jasmine tea because I'm trying the, the medicinal tea is much harder to take down hold on but in order to get through it you kind of got to chug it or else it just goes on for freaking ever uh so yeah, I found great fish taco place. I tried all the different varieties of um, dark Mexican beers that I could find. I went, uh, I was going on little adventures to track down new beers. Oh, drinking them out of buckets and then going off and making my art. You know, I had to go find some uh, some wood. I found some great two by two stretches of nice hardwood. It's like probably oak or mahogany. I mean, it was really solid. I went and found a little saw. Six bucks, hammer, another 290, and uh, then some more tacks. And got these canvases stretched up, and I gessoed them. And uh, well, I went down, I started one as a beach scene, looking out the, uh, the harbor. I tend to paint what I'm looking at every day, right? Kind of the view from my world. Like in this case, I would paint the door going out with the Mosquito Creek and the trees, and uh, the crazy neighbor's run-down yard next to him, and probably, I can't see them right now, but probably his dog shitting in my yard. And maybe him out there testing one of his many motorized pieces of equipment, perhaps the motorcycle, the go-kart, the leaf blower, the van. Yeah, they go on and on. But who's, who's grumpy, right? So dig. So there I was in Mexico. Everything was uh, going along more or less decent. Oh, I went and tried kiteboarding. Uh, you know, this is like you have a kite and like a, like a, a board on your feet and you're in the water. And I've been watching it in Manzanita, Oregon for years, right? And I've always been fascinated with it. I always want to try it. So this was the year I went to try it. Me and another guy, we went and found like the hotshot teacher. This guy was like, oh yeah, I'm like unhooked, one-handed, 12-meter kite, getting 40-foot airs. And he was just like, you know, a guy who traveled around the world doing kite surfing. And, and his buddy was a professional para- paraglider. Parasi- paraglider. You know, jump off mountains with a kite, fly down. It's like, wow, what does that actually involve, being a professional paraglider? And really what it comes down to is you're just like a marketing rep, a marketing stool for the stooge for the companies, but worst ways to make a living. So uh, after one particularly nice afternoon, just diving through the waves, you know, it was two-block walk to the beach, and I just went down there with, with nothing and by myself. And if you have nothing but a towel and flip-flops and a floppy hat to leave on the beach, you don't have to... Be wary of your gear, and I went in, just took a great, nice swim, and ah, 
really trying to unwind, right? You know, because I'm always doing a project and always have something on the go. So it's sometimes hard to just turn it all off. Came home, the stove had broke at the house. And uh, to the point where it was sending up flames, shooting flames up through the back of the stove. And we had been feasting, right? Red, whole red snapper and ceviche. I love ceviche. You know, an endless variety of beers and big fruit smoothies and doing it up pretty nice, right? One night uh, we had like some uh, chefs uh, come in and prepare a big Mexican feast for us. Did that like the second night just to make it easy on uh, a little nice way to kick off the trip. Then we're going over to this great little place where we get dollar fish tacos, you know, a little sit-down cafe. And I found a copy of Tolstoy's Anna Karina. Now, I'm not saying Anna Karenina, because apparently that's uh, not the correct translation. So it's Anna Karenin, and uh, a mighty tome. And I started working through that, and, you know, having those nice moments where I'm sitting, uh, having a beer, eating uh, some marlin taco, and uh, sustainably harvested, I'm sure. And reading uh, Tolstoy on a little cobblestone street, drinking an Indio or a Pacifico. The Pacificos don't care for so much, but those Indios, oh yeah, muy bueno. And the Negro Modelos are still the king of Mexican beer as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, but anyway, we went out to uh, get something to eat at a restaurant. The stove was broken. Well, we're going out to some restaurant to get some kind of beach restaurant tourist place with the mariachis and the well-attired uh, waiters who will laugh at your bad Spanish instead of just not understanding, you know. And somewhere along that evening, my old belly got something that sent it for a loop. And the trip really kind of spiraled down there from there. Now, I'm not going to go into gory details. In fact, I'm going to pause and have a hoot and a little tea. And I'm not going to put on any... Here, I'll turn up the Scottish folk music for a minute. Hold on. I've got to try to not run over the cat. Oh, my God, it's... All right. So, short version is, I spent most of the rest of the trip in, in the... Oh, I have the card. Where is it? So I can thank the doctor. Oh, crap. I just had it here. Clinica Santa Rosa, and the doctor's name was Dictor something something. Something, uh... Oh man, shows you what I get for trying to prepare, right? Clinic so Santa Rosa, and I wasn't staying overnight, but I was spending the days in there, 10 hour days in a white room uh, with a ceiling fan going overhead with an IV in my arm. It's uh, been home for eight days now, and the arm still aches from the IV, and this ass is sore from uh, penicillin shots, and but mostly my brain is completely just scrambled from the whole thing man it was some now anyone who knows me I've kind of got like a history of some chronic stomach issues and stuff right and uh, you know I've done a lot of traveling especially in the last 20 years and I just never have had one of those iron constitutions right you know I pretty much only drink beer or red wine I'm like I'm not one to hold large volumes of liquor and I'm a bit on the lean side but uh, 
you know, I tried all sorts of treatments and doctors like, get my guts in order, right? Because, you know, it really holds up traveling if you can't just go in and dive in with gusto. But, man, I have been sick in Germany, Oregon, Guam, and Mexico to the point where required ambulatory care. And, uh, man, I'm fucking sick of it, dude. Like, seriously sick of it. So I've been going to a bunch of doctors here, both... Uh, and I'm being treated by a traditional Chinese medicine doctor who's an old friend of mine uh, that you've heard on the podcast. It's some, uh, it's on postcards from Gravelly Beach, I think. But anyway, he pops up, and uh, he's a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine. So he's been coming over and giving me acupuncture and giving me these horrible herbs to drink, which I've gone through all sorts of series of before. And, uh, oh, there they are. Oh, not any tastier the second time. But it's been very kind of him to be giving his care, as well as going to the regular, the regular, the uh, allopaths, who really don't even inspect you. They just send for tests and whatnot, and that's just the way that their the Western medical tradition rolls right now. So, yeah, the tests aren't a lot of fun. Uh, but mostly, man, my energy is not returning. My brain's still a scrambled mess. I'm stressed and frustrated, and frankly, I got really blue, eh? Like, lying there in that bed, and I was at the clinic, and, I mean, it could have been a lot worse, right? But it really took me some faraway places, and I had to keep on having these weird visions of, like, looking out of a, a big glassed-in kind of solarium room over a, few, a meadow that drops off onto some cliffs out to the water, but it was, it was the Atlantic Ocean, which is strange, because I've always been, I've lived all over the Pacific, and I feel like the Pacific is, the Pacific Rim is my home, you know, like, I uh, lived all around the Pacific, and I love maps with the Pacific Ocean, like, world maps where the Pacific Ocean is not split. Yeah, look around, it's hard to find. In the Atlantic, there's not much going on, but in the Pacific's rife with islands and cultures and adventures and, and trade, and the Atlantic is just filled with blood and overfishing to me, and, uh, but anyway, in that, in my feverish haze, I kept on thinking about writing projects and doing these writing projects that have been sort of backburnered, right? And, you know, I did this shtick at Northern Voice a couple months ago. This is kind of personal expression conference in Vancouver. And I dug into a lot of the archive, and in doing that, I realized I have a lot of unfinished things, right? I tend to get three-quarters to nine-tenths finish of a project and then throw it in a shelf or a box and not really do that final part to really get it out to the people. And so I have projects that are finished and ready to go, you know? It could be a book, but they're sitting there. And I have a lot of projects that I start writing them, right? And it's a lot of the really critical th stories that shape me as a, as a human. And it's, you know, remixed into fiction for the most part. But, uh, you know, I've got this whole novel project I've started on a couple times called Elsewhere. And uh, it's about the summer of 1990 and traveling around on uh, uh, catching dead shows and Jerry Garcia band shows and music festivals and, and roaming far and wide around the West in my van with my fake ID and um, a crazy Pakistani dude from New York along for the ride for much of it and just a cast of characters coming in and out of the bus but then there was a significant incident in on uh, the Taos Pueblo Rev Reservation in New Mexico outside of Taos and uh, that involved some 
hostage taking situations and some crazy stuff. And I've always, and I've started writing it. I've, you know, I've got all these notebooks and different documents with bits and pieces. And it's like, wow, that really needs to be done. Then I came across my story. I wrote all about my trip to Palau. That's hanging out, not done. I've got all these stories that I've written that I've never told you about. Like, do you know where the, the name Uncle Weed came from? Well, I wrote a book uh, when I was about 17 uh, at a, while I was studying at a community college. And, uh, and my buddy Brandon did up these illustrations for it. They're just fantastic. It was about a guy named Uncle Weed. And uh, they're more modeled after uh, you know, some of my heroes like Edward Abbey for sure. And uh, a bunch of other cats. And uh, he took his uh, nephew and his nephew's buddy camping down to southern Utah and taught him all about the history of the region, including the money grubbers coming up and damming up. Glen Canyon so there could be more air conditioning at the malls and, and Phoenix and more flashing lights in Vegas and really came and then uh, then they went off on a little monkey wrenching adventure where they're pulling up survey stakes and putting sand in bulldozer gas tanks and then just when the shit hits the fan and the security catches them they wrestle them and then they duct tape them to the refrigerator and steal all the creamsicles and head off in the night well there you go. I should have told you the end of the story, eh? But dig, I got this whole story, and I really should read it to you, right? And, uh, and you know, I got notebooks and notebooks, and they're all stacked up. And I started transcribing stuff, but it doesn't have any form or structure to it. So, you know, I've kind of got a notion to s- switch gears. Like, it was like, I needed like a little bit of a life remix, right? Shake things up a little bit, and really kind of, I need more time doing nothing, the next few months I'm not going to be doing I'm canceling all travel plans below the 49th parallel you know I was bound for China and that's just not going to happen I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not thinking it's a very good idea for me to be heading into the land of strange food with the condition I'm in man I am uh, I uh, yeah I'm a rumbling and a grumbling but dig so I'm going to really I think I here's what I got in mind uh I need less stuff to do, right? Um, because I'm weary. Now, I like doing these recordings, right? And I have a whole batch of recordings that have just never been made into anything yet. And I've got a notion that I can kind of keep the flow rolling if I can get uh, someone out there uh, or someone's out there giving me a hand. Now, you don't need to be ace audio geek. It's nothing like that, really. The technical part of it is pretty straightforward and easy. If you can follow some instructions or experiment a little bit, you know, that part is fairly low maintenance, pardon me. If you use a Mac, a program like GarageBand works just fine. If you use um, a PC, uh, uh, Audacity, or Reaper, use Linux, Plenty of free software out there. Audacity, again, is a... Anyway, the point of it is, really the skill that you need is to be able to sort through all my recordings and make them into something. So you need to have skills as a storyteller. And frankly, that means you have to be kind of into what I do and, and my weird topics. And the shows don't always start off all that pretty. Like, for example, I have a few that just never got turned into anything. And yesterday, the Democrats abroad had an international convention in Vancouver to formally divide up the delegates, right? And it was in Vancouver. And I was like, wow, what a rare chance to go do this. You know, I vote in both countries, and I'm registered to vote and all that. 
And yeah, this would be cool to go down and check it out. But I was like, one, I'm fucking exhausted. I'm bagged. You know, I got no energy. And two, if I were to record something, it'd be months before I'd ever get it released because I have like the last time there's a Canadian federal election. I documented the whole thing, me going out and voting, issues, the, the parties, some, and then going to a party afterwards um, and talking about the Bloc Québécois and explain all these Canadian issues, sitting there in a folder. And then how about, I'd love to talk all about the torch relay and where I feel about the Olympics and, you know, the, uh, the pros and cons and the situation in Tibet and, uh, and, and, and what I think, how that all plays out. But I'm like, why bother, man? I haven't even edited up that uh, recording I did of the Dalai Lama ceremony getting Canadian citizenship. And there were some problems with the recording. My whole intro sounds kind of crappy from the C-bus noise, but just needs you know, some TLC. And if that part doesn't work, then we make a new part, right? It's no big deal. Like all this footage from Clackwood Sound, which I've really wanted. I mean, for me, it's a really emotional bunch of content. So to go in there and edit it, one, I'm listening to myself talk at myself, which gets really annoying after about three hours, right? Um, and then two, I obsess about it because I really care about making these little... Uh, spontaneous documentary nuggets really nice for you folks, right? Because I know that, well, you know, I get nice comments and people saying nice things that I've really mm, helped keep them company through difficult times in their life. And I could ask for no greater joy, really. I've spent a lot of time, like when I was in Japan, like, did you know that I was a mushroom farmer there? I probably talked about that, but do you really know what that meant and what it was like on a day-to-day basis? Of course you don't. So I kind of like to tell you, you know, just for my own benefit. So, I'd like to keep recording these rather than being out and about shows and crazy traveling hijinks. It's going to be more me here in Mosquito Creek, um, either reading to you from some of my articles. You know, I've got a whole batch of articles I published in, uh, in the magazines and such, eh? And I'd love to talk to you more, read the article about the longboard hockey, which a lot of you didn't get to see as Heads has uh, pulled the plug. Um, and they got their new event coming up, Danger Bay. May. I'd love to talk about that. But frankly, recording it and then shifting gears and editing it and then doing all the stuff where you make an album art, you write the description, you do the ID3 tags and all that. I'm, I'm kind of wore out, right? And so I'm just not up for doing any of that kind of stuff. So if someone wants to come along for the ride, and, and uh, i got to give bro- pro- props to my buddy Brad, the producer. He's been helping out on some shows, and he's doing a big project for me to digitize the Hempen Road Film Project. See? Another story I've been meaning to tell you, right? That its 11th anniversary is coming up this summer, uh, which I probably won't get around to doing anything for, but I'm thinking the 12th anniversary might be a time. 12's kind of always been a favorite number of mine. You know, it's like a proper quorum. So, so if you want to give me a hand, here's what you do. Um... Send an email to chugalon at uncleweed.net and say, hey, um, here's my skills, and this is, uh, you know, I would like to help produce these episodes into little stories, right? And really, there's be a lot of collaborative latitude for you. Um, uh, you know, I have a, a stash of music, and I, I don't, like, if you're expecting me to say make it just like this, it's not going to happen because I don't know until I'm making them. I listen to it, I listen to it again, I say, oh, okay, I'll get rid of that part. You know, take out people's real names if they come up, usually. And, uh, but mostly just make it into a story, you know. I, I keep it pretty loose, right? 
So dig chugalon at uncleweed.net, and uh, we'll see what we can can brew up together to keep the feed rolling, right? Um, but yeah, there's no there's going to be no no trips to San Francisco for Halloween or Mardi Gras or anything for a little while. The only trips I want to be taking are up for a camping trip up in here in BC. You know, I got to say, you know, I, I I went through the... Pardon me. Tasty tea and nasty tea. Ah. So fam picked me up at the clinic put me in a taxi you know they took the IV out put me in a taxi took me to the airport sounds like a Ramon song get me to the airport get me on the plane hurry 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 before I go insane and going insane I was I got in a wheelchair and so that was great because they pushed me around but I was completely fucking fogged out out of it queasy trying to hold it together really felt fucking lousy dude Really, really lousy mentally and physically. I was all over the place, right? And then they weren't going to let me take on the doctor. Said I need to be drinking electrolytes, you know, because I was like completely dehydrated, right? Took like eight liters of IV, and it's like I was on empty. And uh, they weren't going to let me take my vitamin water on the plane. I had to make a big to do. And then got me out of the wheelchair to do all the security pat down, took apart my wallet piece by piece, all the shakedown. Then the gauntlet of duty free. Duty free is one of these getting to be one of those things that's right up there with parking garages, billboards, telephones, stuff I hate. Telephones is different. I just have a weird thing about phones. I just uh I I I have a failure to communicate effectively by telephone, I feel because I can't see the other person and it kind of weirds me out I think it's actually just residual from some time spent uh, at a telesurvey job in Utah in 1986 or 7 or something like that which is another story I've been meaning to tell you how about Belize? did I ever tell you about the Belize trip? well I kept a great journal on that one and that had a real funny incident about a drug test um, because of a golf course so that's a good one. I should be jotting these down. So that's someone, something someone else can do is write down all these topics I've mentioned and email that to me. And tell me which ones sound, uh, sound interesting. But they, some of them might be considered a little less uh, weedy than, than usual, you know. And it is summertime in Vancouver coming up. So there'll be a lot of festivals. But I've also started a project with a, you know, like a professional project um, to get people p- blogging and podcasting from like all these like eco events around Vancouver. Um, so if you're around Vancouver, come down to that epic sustainable living expo this Saturday the, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Nine, it's like during 420, right? 18, 19, 20. And come to Happy Frog and say hello, man. And uh, so. I've been doing a little bit of podcasting over there, but there's also a whole bunch of other podcasts for you to, to check up on because I don't want you to feel lonely. Because, you know, I make a lot of these and they kind of spread them all over the place because if they don't fit in the right category, I don't want to, like, mess up the category, you know, the, the feed, the, the series. That's what it is. 
So um, you know about the Urban Vancouver ones, because I do post those up here. And some of these ones I've talked about, the uh, Dalai Lama and the Clackwat Sound, and the, I don't know, some of these fit right into that Urban Vancouver, where it's uh, they're a little bit uh, they're a little bit herby, but uh, not the 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 wild romps the Chugles are. But then, do you, you know about the postcards from Gravelly Beach one? Those, uh, it's like more spoken word literature, right? But uh, they get a little bit loose over there, too. And there's a little bit of crossover appeal if you like, uh, you know, uh, everything from Russians to the Beats and a lot of my own uh, literary work rather than my kind of essays and expository work that I do about drug policy and stuff like that. Oh, yes, you know, I have essays about the privacy issues around drug testing and a whole plan of action for what to do if you get drug tested. And I also have uh, a whole uh, article I did about um, sh- about military service evaders uh, seeking refugee status in Canada, which is a fascinating topic to me, one I've been following for years, and it's certainly gotten more and more crazy, you know? See, oh, write those down on the list. So, man, going through, and then I got, so I flew through Mexico and did all the stuff. You have to have your exit visa to go get out of Mexico, which is just a cash grab for them, which is stupid. And then go through all the security stuff there. And then get into Phoenix and have to go through U.S. security and get me out of the wheelchair again, which is all right. I'm not, you know, I have use of my legs. It's just bagged. And then they found, I tried to drink all the vitamin water on the plane, but they found a little bit of just plain water in my bag and gave me the whole six-degree is that what the bad degree is? When they ask you a lot of questions, right? They gave me the whole rundown because I had some water in my backpack. I'm like, dude, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm in need of water, man. What can I tell you? But uh, it was just... I don't understand where all the hate and all the attitude comes from, right? Because the more minuscule the offense, the bigger the attitude comes up. Because really, they're not catching anyone. Like, the big dirty secret is that they're not actually catching anyone with all these increased airport measures. All they're doing is inconveniencing people and spreading this culture of fear. And while I was in the clinic, too, I made the mistake of turning on the telly, and there was uh, CNN there, right? Um, um, in, in English. And, uh, and, and I don't ever watch that crap, right? Because I think the, the, there's reprehensible talent on there. And then that Fox News crap, too, right? Of course, you know, goes without saying. But I mean, just seeing the, the hate and the, the, the hypocrisy and the judgment coming from the mouths of, and just like the ignorance, really, of really the fundamental issues coming from the mouths of these guys like Glenn Beck and Nancy Grace. And I shouldn't even say their names. But and then, and then CNN just finding ways to stoke up the drama as though this is some kind of reality TV show, right? It's like uh, the, the, the bold intros and the, and the hyping up the, the, the conflict part of it. It's all about a competition. It's not about a public discourse. It's not about a, a way to make things better. It's about, you know, who can strategize, strategize better. You know, it's like for them talking about, well, you know, people really want Canada to talk about the issues. Well, why don't you set an example and you start talking about the issues and really breaking it down and educating people? What does a healthcare plan really look like? What's the economics about that like? And I see that they're trying to start off some like, this is the funny news, the lightweight news version, because we're trying to tap into that desirable 18 to 24 demographic. And that just is pandering of the worst kind, and they're just going to fall all over themselves. But I got to say, it's really nice to be back in Canada and away from all that vibe. Things ain't perfect in Canada, right? Um, you know, there's three branches of, of right of center government. 
you know, from the city, province, and, and, and nationally. But the economically strong and the social policies, as flawed as, flawed as they are, are still far away to avoid the, the huge, contentious, violent issues that uh, pervade the United States right now. Now, going through all that and seeing the, that hatred and seeing what awaits the United States, which um, politically I think is, is still way more of an unknown than people are giving credit um, to the Democratic Party for. But uh, uh, I made sure to get registered so my absentee ballot will be sent up here. Uh, now, you vote in the district of your last permanent address in the U.S., which for me is Thurston County, Washington. So I, that doesn't really make sense, but I really wanted to go learn more about that, Democrats abroad. Um, but what that means is I've been posting, I put a big blog post about it. If you're an American living in Canada and still want to vote in the U.S., um, there's a site and you can go to, uh, do all the forms, print them out, either fax them or mail them. Uh, you actually have to mail them, uh, but you can fax them in advance for speed. Um, like as though anyone uses a fax anymore. But if you need help with that, um, my part of the American political process is I'm going to um, put myself out there as for a resource to encourage Americans to get registered to vote um, while they're living in Canada. So chugalon at uncleweed.net, send me an email. But you're best off to go check out um, a blog I keep up to put all this notes and stuff that doesn't really fit. And I've been, you know, post a lot about public policy and especially as it applies to cannabis and, and various news items and stuff. So, um, uh, it's, it's called ephemeral feast house. Um, just go to uncleweed.net and you'll see links or whatever, right? Or chugalon.com and explore. But also in the feast house feed, there's a bunch of podcasts. Um, whenever I go out and do like my lecture shtick to groups or, um, record like parades or something, they just where there's doesn't really fit anywhere else that's where they go that's where they go and there's about a dozen or or two up there uh including like the outtakes from some of the other ones i had a whole part of just driving to the traveling to london that i put up there just didn't fit anywhere else and you know about the postcards from gravity beach i mentioned that and the canucks outsider well the canucks if you're a hockey fan are out for the season but i still put up um i still have a few olympic outsider episodes to put up and just kind of like notes and vignettes and about uh, the Winter Olympics um, and winter sport culture, so to speak. So there's a few of you to check out. And, you know, I hope you really enjoyed that South by Southwest coverage. And if you're really into that, um, there's some more of that at Another Day Job, Rain City Studios. Yep. Um, so go check uh, that out. And I'll maybe try to remember to put some links in here. So the reason I'm telling you all that is to so you have lots to catch up on while I'm sort of regrouping and doing some mental spring cleaning here uh, and wait for um, a volunteer or two to help motivate me. I just need a little bit of mm, strength and support from, uh, from someone in, in order to keep these, these rolling. I'm going to try to just record on Sundays and spend the rest of the, my evenings um, working on my health and doing some uh, writing projects, kind of going back to the roots a little bit there. Um, so roll with that and be patient with it. And I think um, what I'm able to pull out the other end will uh, will be of great amusement to you, I hope. Mm. Oh, jeez. It's just nasty, eh? Oh, 
So uh, before I forget, at South by Southwest, I got some killer new headphones, and I don't, uh, I, uh, I, I haven't made a single penny from any of my doing any of my podcasts. Right, that's not why I do it. So if you're thinking on volunteering, thinking you'll get paid, I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. But there are perks. I get all kinds of neat, weird stuff in the mail and stuff to test. And um, stuff I got recently, I just got to tell you, is these Koss headphones, K-O-S-S. And I go through a lot of headphones because I always have them on my head, right? And because I don't like the little earbud ones. And I've gone through some Sonys, some Sennheisers, and these Koss headphones are like the premium, the way they fit, the way they shut it down. Uh, and I'm listening to music and podcasts and hearing things and nuances that I've never heard before. And... Uh, I recommend that if you uh, are rocking little earbuds, those are things that are killing your ears, go out and get yourself some of these the cost noise-canceling headphones. And, uh, oh, man, on the plane, I could just shut down all the commotion. Oh, man, nice stuff. And then I got a new M-Audio MicroTrack, which is a little portable recorder I use. My old one, after close to three years, gave up the ghost and bad battery, sent me out the new improved one. And I also use this Lime, uh, this uh, Firewire uh, M Audio interface thing too that I, I got going. And then I just got a solar um, uh, recharger that will like recharge your cell phone, my M Audio recorder thing, uh, probably iPods, and I still am checking it out. But it's uh, uh, solar powered, right? And so I can take that up uh, um, into far flung locations and keep my little uh, charger going for when the time comes. Yeah. So the other thing that you can do to kind of, I don't know if you're interested in this, but a lot of the readings and stuff like that I'm going to do over the next few months, assuming everything goes to plan here, is uh, are up at uncleweed.net, as well as a lot of my paintings. And I've stashed away the paintings for now because in my studio I tend to have like 15 projects going all at once, and I just haven't got the mental stamina to, uh, to do that, you know? Uh, right now, so I've stashed everything else away, but you can kind of see what I'm up to. If you're curious about what it is that I do, that's your best place to start. And in the meantime, uh, now's a good time to uh, send me music too. If you want an address, you can check on chugalon.com under Go Postal, or else send me an email and uh, um, send me a, uh, a CD. Um, I really enjoy getting those um, if there's stuff that you made. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of the music that I play on the show obviously stuff I record myself or that my buddies send me and stuff so <laughs> great time to be sending that kind of stuff you know and if you want if you got any ideas or any comments about some of these shows that I've mentioned or ideas or whatever uh yeah it's probably a good time to do that chugalon at uncleweed.net so like I said I'm not going anywhere I'm just doing a little bit of mental spring cleaning, you know? And I frankly, I could kind of use your help with that. So dig. Enjoy. I'm going to smoke this bowl and stare out into the lovely blue and green here in North Van. Mosquito Creek. Listen to it rushing by. Sounds like the neighbor's got a project going. Something involving metal poles. <laughs> As the Dalai Lama would say, take this challenge and make it into an opportunity. So I'm taking this opportunity to do some writing and make something neat that we can all enjoy, I hope. Right on, Chuglish. Take it easy.
leaves are white for a man's a man for other. For other, to know that, that and so sure one other. The honest man no ever support his king a man for other. And you see yon Bucky cried along with struts and stairs and other. Though hundreds worship at his word, he's but a proof for other. For other and other, his ribbon star and other. The man of independent mind. He looks and he laughs at all that. And for gosh sakes, don't be worrying about me. I'm a good, strong Canadian lad. I'll get this parasite sorted out, don't you worry. A Marquis Duke and But an honest man's a bunny's mate Good faith in mana for that For a' that and a' that Their dignities and a' that You've been shooting along with Uncle Wee and his wild 